Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. To Kicked Back presented by Uber One. Uber One is a membership that lets you save across Uber Eats, Uber Rides, and everything in between. Enjoy unlimited $0 delivery fees, 5% off of Eats, 5% off of Rides, and if you join Uber One today, you can get your first month free. Visit uber.com slash uberone for details. What's up, everyone? We've got Kicked Back in the House and the Sunday League Pundits, so the entire 90th Minute team, producer Brett, Liam, Waz, Caroline, and then we have the Jersey Walls, Nathan Santos, and we're going to be just giving our thoughts on Canada versus Morocco. Boys, how are you doing? Not too bad. Um, Canada's out. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Still early. Waz is at a loss of words. <sighs> Go ahead. I'm Brad. emotional. I'm emotional. I, I, emotional. I, I wish it was better, but I have a lot of things to say. Good. So we're going to do that today. It's a venting session. Liam? Yeah, it could have been better, I think is a good way to put it, but they weren't supposed to be there in the first place when it all began, and then they were. So I think we've got to be happy with that at the least. There you have it. Nathan? Dare I say the most ambitious crossover since Avengers Endgame, the TJW kicked back SLP collab, I think is just a mashup that the fans have been clamoring for for years now. And so it feels good to be here joining everybody, seeing everybody. Guys, hi. I too, on this coast of Canada, am not any happier. I think that it's very disappointing what we saw today, but I think there are promising takeaways. So if we want to lean into the venting session first, before we get into the positives, I'm more than happy to oblige. Yeah, this is how I feel. I mean, we qualified for the World Cup for the first time in 36 years. We scored our first World Cup goal ever. We didn't win a World Cup game, so that still has yet to be done. I think the biggest positive for me in this entire World Cup picture for Canada is they went into each game and I really do feel like each player gave it their best. And I also really like this picture for the youth soccer programs all across Canada and what it meant for the developmental leagues. Uh, you know, I can only imagine what it's like for these young boys watching Alfonso Davies play on a World Cup stage and others and now dream about it being them because that's how I felt when I was a young girl watching Carl Lang and Christine Sinclair and Brittany Timko all do that at the World Cup. So I think that this is an amazing picture for men's soccer or football in Canada. And I think that there's a lot of takeaways and I don't always think that's a bad thing. I think that today wasn't the best game by any means by Canada, but there's learning curves and lessons to be learned and they have four years to now tackle that. And we have to bring our A game in 2026. But the good news is, is we now have World Cup experience. So that's where I'm at. Go ahead, Liam. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I don't really have much else to expand on it. I think as a whole, it's a very positive experience for Canada. They went and scored more goals than Belgium and Denmark mm -hmm. in the World Cup, which is pretty cool. Um, I think the flaws on this team were something almost expected, I guess, like defensively. but. Overall, like John Herdman kind of said in an interview yesterday that he's got to build the foundation of this program and trying to put layers on it all now. So, yeah, I think we'll be fine in four years and it'll be an, an interesting run now that we don't have qualification to go through. So, uh, Mine, I don't know. It still hasn't really fully set in. I was just, I'm kind of on the board where I'm, I'm happy we made it. I'm happy we gave it our all. Um. 
it's just it's it's weird. It's weird to be sitting here and thinking, oh, Canada's that was just. I'm just kind of more so reminiscing on our journey getting here and all the fun memories that we created. And you know, like two years ago, people didn't expect Canada to top Concacaf. Two years ago, people didn't expect us to be in an absolute group of death where Belgium also gets knocked out. Right? Like so many things happen in this group that some people didn't anticipate. Um, we should be proud of the Canadians that got us to this point because like first World Cup in 36 years, I know we've been hammering that point, but it's a fact that it's a lot of good experience taken away from this game, uh, from this tournament. Um, we learned a lot about our national team and our players that, you know, fair play to Croatia who gave it what they needed to do in Morocco. And I'm just proud, proud of the, the Canadian team that got us here. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, we get to talk about this and that's the thing. Yeah. Like, we get to talk about Canada at the World Cup and it's a beautiful thing. And I think you're right, Caroline, that the next generation are going to grow up wishing their Alfonso Davies, Tayshaun Buchanan. Uh, I mean, Richie Larea right. <laughs> got into it. Kamal Miller, I think, has yeah. been a fantastic name. Uh, Alistair Johnston, too. And we are able to have all these players now who eventually will make their way to Europe. But uh, I, I don't know. It, it's bittersweet because I think we got the short end of the stick more often than not. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. But I think the amount of haters and love at the same time that we've got shows that we're here on the world stage now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'd love to weigh on in this guys, if I get a chance here, because I think what's important to remember is that this only stings for us here and now, but it doesn't take away from the journey that went here as you were alluding to was. And also the rest of the world isn't going to care. And I feel like that's a really important point of contention here for the Canadian side, because if the U.S. doesn't make it out of their group, the world goes, ha, U.S. didn't make it out of their group. Like, look at who they lost to X, Y, Z. Nobody outside of Canada would have expected Canada to make it out of this group. Nobody. And we clamored for it, knowing the run that we went on saying, yeah, you know what? Quality wise, I don't think we're the best side in this group, but damn it, if we're not going to make it out, because if we don't say it, who will? I think that this team has been able to show the world you know, they can play like they can play over there. And even though it didn't translate into any points this time, that will sting. And that'll sit with us for a long, long time that we want to build off of basically the performances that we saw here. We understand that the building blocks and the foundation will be laid by reinforcing the spine of the team, thus enabling some of our best players to shine on a bigger stage. But ultimately, I think it bodes really well for this program that Canadian fans will be disappointed that nothing mm. could have happened more, but it'll help the casual Canadian viewer understand the levels of the game that Croatia, even though they're past their peak, are still that side with the best midfield in the competition, arguably. That Morocco, just because you don't have as much exposure, doesn't mean that they're not just as good as everybody else. And that Canada could take it to Belgium. I think that the, the positives will be remembered more so than the negatives because there was really no pressure on Canada outside of Canadian media to, to succeed or really achieve anything. I think if you asked objectively any person from any other part of the world, where do you have Canada finishing? They probably would have said, oh, they're going to lose all three games. Yeah. I think the important thing too, Nathan, you mentioned too, like they have very good players on this Moroccan side. And yeah. it wasn't even a promise that they were going to be there. They like the, the manager beforehand did not like many of these star players. Ziyech wouldn't have been there under that regime. You have guys like end of series playing at Sevilla, uh, Amrabat, who's received a ton of love since the start of this tournament, Hakimi, Maserari, Bono as well. Like these are all very good players for their club side as well. And uh, I don't know. We're just, no, it's a good point, Brett. I want to give some props to Morocco because I feel like, yeah. at, especially the first half, I think the first half um, was better for Morocco and the second half, Canada really picked things up. But the first half for Morocco, how they tried to generate the attack and they played combination plays in the final third and, you know, two bad defensive errors from Canada on both goals. Yeah. Uh, errors that are can be absolutely cleaned up. That pass from Victoria. Mm -hmm. Borean, you know, definitely needs to be a better pass and Borean needs to make a better decision on that first goal. You know, Liam yep. said it best, when in doubt, clear it. And that needs to be a massive clearance. And the second goal, you know, Kamal Miller and both Kamal Miller and Vittoria probably could have done better in that situation. I do think Borean could have saved that shot, but these are things that can be cleaned up. These aren't 
the end of the world situations. It's just, if you are better defensively in those moments, Morocco isn't getting that chance, but all credit to Morocco for not only playing a really good game today, but for topping a group that I bet you many people didn't have Morocco topping. So I do kind of want to give respect to Morocco as much as I am Canadian. And you guys know me, I had Canada advancing out of this group and being the dark horse of this tournament. I am very proud to be Canadian and proud of all of the firsts that they accomplished at this tournament, I want to give props to Morocco and their performance today because that first half was really good from them. And there's nothing wrong with having you know, there was nothing wrong with you having Canada second no, in the group because no. why would you want to write off your country I after the journey they just had to get to the World Cup? Why would we just write them off? Ah, they're they're in a tough group. They're going to bottom out. I mean, a lot of us high at high expectations, and especially the Canadian media, because they did perform well leading up to this World Cup in qualification. Yeah. They didn't concede a ton compared to the states who are now in the round of 16. It's just it's a matter of who shows up and it's it's football. It's the World Cup. Anything can happen. I have no regrets. And I have so many people because you guys know if you follow me on social media, I've made many videos from months and months ago about why I think Canada is going to qualify out of this group stage. And I've kept everything up because I'm proud to have had that opinion. And these guys won CONCACAF. You know, they, they the Ice Teca will forever live in my mind as one of the most legendary football games I got to attend. And just watching these guys accomplish a historic feat one after the other after the other. What, in my opinion, if they were able to win that game against Belgium, which they absolutely could have, they were the better team today's game could have looked much different. Even their game against Croatia, their momentum would have been different and the whole picture itself would have looked different. It's football, it's sports, it's the way it goes. They didn't get the three points. Croatia was a very good team, which is what Waz alluded to. I think Croatia's experience showed. They were down a goal and managed to win that game 4-1 and completely took Canada out of it. And today against Morocco, you know, the first half was critical for them and the second half was better. We just didn't have enough I think in us, I mean, I'm looking at the stats at the end of Canada, Morocco and Canada registered zero shots on target. That's something that needs to be much better if this is a team that wants to advance because you need to score goals. But these are Mm -hmm. things again that everyone on this Canadian national team knows and they'll work on for 2026. Well, another thing to note is that you look at Belgium, they scored one goal this whole tournament that was against Canada. Belgium was lucky against Canada you know, Canada proved that better than a team that has Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> like, come on. Like, Canada, they, they, there's there's small positives that you can take. Sure, you can nitpick, but it's, it's what you can do right now. We don't want to be we don't want to be completely pessimistic on this Canadian team because they made us proud. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree more. I think that we understand where the weaknesses are in this team and every other country did as well but i feel like honestly the bigger it's easy for us to say that the story is canada the story is canada because that's the one that we want to tell that's the one that we want to read and we want to focus on but honestly i feel like morocco's lack of exposure made them a dark horse in this tournament because nobody saw it coming whereas in qualifiers they conceded one time they won all six games they scored 20 goals they don't concede and the fact that canada were able to score against them even though it's indirectly right i think is i don't know i think caroline you're absolutely right to say that it's a testament to the fact that Morocco don't concede very often, but Canada need to be able to to push teams to score more because if Canada were slightly more threatening in front of goal, they probably could have, you know, made this tournament look differently. I just think that that will come not only with experience and with, you know, the territory and the fact that these are young players that two years ago, most of the world had never heard of. I think as the ascension develops in the spine of the team and at the back, it will enable these players to do more because there won't be, I don't want to say disconnect between the team, but I mean, you know that if the foundation is solid, the rest of the team can be propelled forward. And I think at times everybody knew if we get at Canada, they can concede. And I think that even, you know, made us doubt ourselves at times. I don't think they ever played with doubt, but I think it was very much there, especially after that first goal. Like, oh, Borean, come on, dude, what are you doing to me? And I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that Borean didn't wear his sweatpants. Like, listen, Milan Borean in sweatpants is a different animal. And we understand that we've seen it in his sweatpants. He can't be beaten. Now you're telling me that we lost and he wasn't wearing them. Like it's there. The proof is in the pudding, guys. We have to read into the the real cause of why Canada didn't advance. I just want to talk about Borean real quick. I'm really sad with the way the tournament went for him because I thought he yeah. he was such a crucial piece for Canada in qualifying. He made some crucial saves. And just the way the tournament went for him, it was just it wasn't great. I mean, he could have done better on some shots, and especially that goal he conceded against Morocco. It was it was, it was a shame to see him have that 
the, the performance he did at this World Cup because he was such a like I said a big piece in the qualifying and I like Boriana. I think he should be I, like a lot. The thing is, a lot of casual football soccer fans in Canada who just tuned into the World Cup are going to view as Milan Boriana's this keeper shit. Yeah, but for exactly. us, he he was important. He was a leader. People need to realize Milan Borian was a leader for his team. He mm-hmm. energized them before matches at halftime. People need to remember how important Milan Borian was for this Canadian club, Canadian side. Uh, y'all want to have some fun? Because yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to go into our favorite uh, post-game segment here. Let's take a look at the match ratings. Oh, oh, oh. is this from football? From one, one football. football, yes. yes. <sighs> oh, goodness. All righty. Uh, Milan Borian at 3.0. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> um, Tayshawn Buchanan, 3.1. Mark oh. Anthony K, 4.5. Jonathan Osorio, 5.6. I'm saving the crazy ones for this end. Uh, Alfonso Davies, a 3.2. And now we're going to get interesting. Sam Adekubi, a 6.1. Yeah, okay. that's yep. fair. Kamal Miller, 7.6. Really? Steven Vittoria, 7.2 with the yellow card. Alistair Johnston got a 7.2 as well. Shout out Alistair Johnston. Atiba Hutchison, an 8. I'm convinced I don't watch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm convinced it's like controversy, you know. Uh, I mean... How about I go to my favorite app, FootMob? Me too. Plug uh, the fight mob. Let's run it up. You and me, was fight mob against the the phone. Let's get a partnership going on with like, shout (laughs) out. Uh, Orion, 4.2 on FootMob. Probably yep. fair. None of the match for Canada. Junior Hoyle at 7.7. Why did he come off? Yeah, that was a weird one. Uh, who did he come cleats. off? Morgan? You had to recharge those cleats. Those Canada oh, cleats. You can't, you can't yeah. commit 90 minutes to those cleats. <laughs> uh, um, what else happened in this game? I don't know. I didn't think Buchanan was great today, to be honest. I'll give you a clue. None of them are over seven. <laughs> uh, Johnson, 6.5. That was the highest. Victoria, 6.2. Miller, 6.4. Adakubi, 6.1. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Canada was exposed when that first goal, like that's twice now they've just put a long ball forward and it's gone right through the back of them. Uh, it's obviously an area they want to get better at. I guess to Miller's credit, I think he's a really good one-on-one defender. Yeah. But when you actually try and get by him, it's quite easy to get by him, I guess you could say. But he makes it hard initially. So, But I think that's just, we kind of mentioned it. Like The weaknesses on this team were fairly obvious. I was expecting them to probably score a few more goals than they did. Also, they play tough teams. Like Nathan said, Morocco yeah. allowed one goal in qualifying. And have allowed that's the only goal they've allowed at the World Cup right now, right? Yeah. They might be yeah. the most underrated team at the tournament, honestly. Like people I don't think we're shouting dark horses for them because I feel like sometimes we look at dark horses as who can we see coming, who could be an upset. But I don't think anybody saw Morocco coming just due to the lack of exposure. They just kind of flew by in their qualifiers, came up and tore it up. How do you watch African teams, Nathan? Where do you How want? do I? I yeah, don't know do you, do you this stuff. I just, it's just all my we're research. Man. We're the real dark horse here. Yeah. We're all here it's... talking about Serbia, Denmark, well, South Korea. Nathan comes in, Morocco. All of a sudden, yeah. the group tells us how good Tunisia is, as long as Brett and now. Here we are. So what? What's the? You secret? know what it is. I'll tell you. Okay. So here's the thing. Get 75 jerseys. Watch every damn game from every damn weekend of every damn sport, and then you go in saying, "Yeah, you know what? Morocco have this like low key, sneaky good team because it's just you just do the research for them and look at what their strengths are and how they were able to do what they did at the time, and then what the weaknesses are of their opposition. I think everything that played out in this group went. Almost exactly as expected, except for Canada didn't beat Belgium, which is exactly what I thought would happen. But ultimately, this group lined up pretty well how my brain had it going, just because like, we know how good Croatia's midfield are, and we know that Croatia's midfield will win them games. That's always going to be true. We know that Morocco press high and force you to make mistakes. That's true. That's what happens. We know that Belgium are horribly imbalanced and super old. That's true. Like These are just things that are accurate about it, and then we can kind of predict what's the likeliest outcome. And sometimes that is not at all what happens. Sometimes the likeliest outcome is out the window. But when it does, it's it's not a hot take. It's like, no, oh, of course that was going to happen. But I rate Morocco. I like them. Well, your your point, Nathan, to Morocco not getting a lot of exposure is why I had Canada as a dark horse. Because I said, mm-hmm. although Canada doesn't have experience at all, this is a team that 
people will not know what it's like to play them. Like they don't necessarily outside of Alfonso Davies, you don't know about Jonathan David necessarily, right. unless you watch him play at Lille or Club Rouge for Buchanan and, and Laren and Alistair Johnston, you know, at the impact, like you don't know about these guys. I think that this Canadian team really could have gotten out of the group if they took more chances on net and mm. they were, and they capitalized on those chances. I think that that's the biggest takeaway for me. And, you know, we were talking about one guy in particular who's trending in Toronto FC news right now, Victor Vasquez, that he could make that comeback. When I worked at Toronto FC and that was the year they won everything. It was the most iconic year of my life. I, and my dad and I have been season ticket holders since the first season Watching Victor Vasquez play, I've always thought Michael Bradley's kind of that quarterback of Toronto FC, especially in his prime. He was such a solid player for me to watch. But Victor Vasquez, that season for me was MVP because he was so critical in generating that attack for Toronto FC and being creative and finding those outlets from Michael Bradley to, you know, Sebastian Javinko or a Josie Altador. And that's what Canada's missing. Like we have the Estacchio, that rock in the midfield, but who's that yeah. creative midfield outlet? Who's going to thread the ball through to a Kyle Laren or a Jonathan David? Who's, who's going to be that guy who takes complete control of the middle of the pitch in Iniesta? We don't have someone like that. And I think that once we have that player, it's going to be so much easier to get those shots on target and score those goals. But I think that that's doable in four years. Think about these young guys in Canada right now who are playing competitive football, competitive soccer, who are probably in MLS and yeah. saying, holy shit, this could be me in four years was, when we host the World Cup. That's what, what I want to react to. Can I react to this was first? Yeah, sure. Is that all right? Just because I, I think Ismail Kone is part of that. And I think part I of it is the fact that, that nobody knew who he was. Yeah. Like this dude is just... Like a year ago, nobody knew he existed. He just kind of spawned. And I think that his ability to play through the lines and just be so good on the ball is like a tall, technically gifted player is outstanding. I think if Canada were to get like, I don't even think that the next one to look at is a player who can who can break the lines like that. Because I think we have him in four years from now, he's going to be just a baller with Ustakio. And I think Ustakio is Chabi Alonso 2.0. I think that's like who he reminds me of. He just sets the tempo, the ball finds him. <laughs> 2.0. The, the next gen. This is what it is, but we reinvented it. If he came up and he was Spanish, he'd be Chabi Alonso. The Canadian Chabi Alonso, the Portuguese Chabi Alonso. I think if we have somebody who's a little bit more robust and physical and can move and can defend really well and is tactically intelligent from the sixth spot and we have a midfield three of Ismail Kone and Stefan Ustakio and then whoever that dude is that will just unlock new levels of what this midfield can be to try to create those exact chances that, that you were talking about and if we're going to make this a Toronto FC podcast oh don't get me started on this <laughs> um can I kind of shift focus a little bit here yeah and that's on uh, Alfonso Davies. And that's because he's getting a little bit of... Before we get into that really quickly, I have a quick question just on Morocco's before we get too far away from it. So Ziyech yeah. and that other guy from Bayern Munich didn't play for Morocco in qualifying, right, Nathan? It Yeah, their manager shift came in uh, late, but well, that was small. like from the last from the last tournament. I think they've had this manager for the last for the last little while now. And he he just basically re-inspired the team to like he just removed all the tension from the squad and said i think these are and you could see the quotes that he's met that he said uh, after matches he's like listen i understand that some of these players are players that previous regime might have had a problem with but i think if you respect them and trust them they will die for you and i think that's what we've seen like these players have been so loyal to the system and these are players who at times have been accused of having attitude problems or of having you know a little bit of insubordination where they're like no like i'm not gonna listen to you like you don't respect me i don't respect you i think this coach has eliminated that altogether. I think he understands where to get the most out of his teams from a technical perspective and from a personality perspective and reintroducing these guys to the lineup. It's like you're 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 blacklisting your your best players here. And this dude said, no, oh, forget that. I'm gonna play into their strengths. And it, it couldn't have gone better for them so far. I think as well, just also to that point before we move on to, but I I think it it, that kind of goes into why there is such a question mark for Morocco coming in. There's the new regime. Mm. How, how is he going to cut this tension that the previous regime had on all these star players? Now you see Ziyech scored the first goal of the game on that, that awful play. Um, <laughs> the same with the Maserati has been fantastic as well. Like they're, he really did a fantastic job of just making sure that Moroccan side is is shaped up. Who does Morocco now play in the round of 16? They will play the runners-up of the Spain, Germany, Japan. Wow, that's a tough game no matter what. Yeah, so when they play Japan next. Ooh. 
No, I was going to say, do you guys want to see them play Spain? Because I really want to just to work out that they play Spain next because I think that matchup will be so interesting. Like, I would love to see how that goes because Spain, I mean, I'm sure we could talk about them later, but the way Spain, like, don't let the other team touch the ball and the way Morocco force you to make mistakes, I think it's like, oh man, which way does this lean? I think Spain have a tough test today against Japan. I'm excited to watch that game later. Let's shift focus a little bit here. It's still on Canada, but uh, Alfonso Davies has caught some heat, we'll say, in uh, the Canadian media. As Chris Jones from CBC wrote, I'll be honest here, it's a hit piece. Um, Is Alfonso Davies' celebrity a potential problem for Canada's men's World Cup team. He said in his byline, he goes, star player has appeared reticent, don't know what that word means, to no represent... Does. No one does. That's not even a real word. Exactly. It's just a journalism word. I yeah, exactly. am also a journalism major, but either way, uh, to represent his teammates off the field. So basically saying that he has been kind of hesitant on, it seems like being... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A proud Canadian. I think this sets the game back years, yeah. decades, yeah. because we finally have a player who is proud to represent Canada, proud to be an Edmontonian, which is difficult enough in itself. <laughs> and you sit here and go, ah, what a, what a, what a poor outlook for this player on, on the national media. Are you kidding me? What, what incensed you to write something so disgusting in, in such a beautiful time in our sport? Can I ask you a question, Brett? Is this the same dude that Sid Sixero had the problem with that he yeah, remember that yes, video? Yes. It's the same dude, right? It's a different quote, but it's yep. the same guy. Oh. Yeah, this guy's a hater, man. Like just straight up. This dude's such a hater. He just wants oh. to just to elicit those responses to get backlash in the team because he thinks that narrative will be more interesting. And I'm okay as a sport media major who did a lot of journalism classes. I understand what sells Caroline, you do too, right? How to get people talking. I just think that it's yes, Brett, you're absolutely right to say it is setting the game back because I think we're looking for clicks in the in the wrong way here. I think it's easier to get people to engage with something criticism wise than it is support wise, but that's not an excuse for why it should be done because I think you're right. He's been a, a wonderful representative for this nation. And it's you know, the fact that the program at times turns their back on the team and then he says, Okay, well, I have to be at your will, cover it when you're interested in it, but when you're not interested in it, then what we get no exposure or no coverage. Come on. So I checked out this guy's Twitter yesterday, right? And there was one tweet in particular that stuck out to me, stuck out to me. And I'm going to read it to you. He said, I'm a goofy guy and I like a good time, but my love for soccer is serious. I play coach referee and write about it. And I don't want Canada to be getting waxed by Croatia in 20 years. Every detail counts. We have to start getting more things right. What was shocking to me is that he thinks that his article is some type of catalyst to getting things right, tearing down 
the face of Canada soccer, the best left back in the world. I saw something pop up on a TSN ticker saying that Alfonso Davies has the highest transfer window out of any left back in the entire world. That is our Canadian superstar who gives back every single time he's in Edmonton. The amount of time he works with youth programs here in Edmonton, the amount of, the amount of, Energy he gives, money he gives to this city to help develop the youth, to give back because he knows how much it helped him to get to where he is in his career. This guy has it so incredibly wrong. I'm starting to get red and flushed because it upsets me as someone who played. Like people don't understand how much time and dedication and heart and selflessness goes into being a professional athlete. And Alfonso Davies is the epitome of class. And for this guy to go and write some weird article about he wears earrings, who the fuck are you? Honest yeah. to God, who the fuck are you to comment about his earrings? And, it just makes no sense to me. And so- oh, if, he, if he wants to start getting things right, that article was not it by any means. There are many conversations you can have as to why Canada could have done certain things better at the World Cup on the pitch. For sure. They had breakdowns. They had things that they, that they need better that they need to fix. Alfonso Davies is the guy that no one should be pointing fingers at. I'm sorry. I think it was an absolute wrong way to go about it. I understand media and clickbait and headline sell. This was a terrible display of, of, of just, I don't want to say this, but journalism, I don't know his other work and I don't want to come for him. Like I'm not coming for him. I don't know him. So no hate, but just reading that one article yeah. is brutal. In my well, the opinion. thing with Chris Jones, I've, I've read other comments, people saying, oh, he's, a, he's been a great journalist throughout his career. Some, there's a, a Edmonton journalist that's probably looked up the name Steve Sandor. Liam, have you heard of him? Never heard of him. There you go. Well, no offense, Steve Sandor. Anyway, <laughs> but Steve Sandor, he's done a lot for Edmonton soccer. He's covered it well. So credit to him. But one thing I didn't like, I, I don't like bashing on journalists and media members, but I didn't like when he said, Keep yelling. I don't care. I care about 2026. But going after Alfonso Davies is going after anyone. Yeah. Like why? Like, it's like, why are you criticizing Alfonso's off what he does off the pitch? Because he's like, oh, he arrived in Qatar late. And what? because Byron maybe wanted to keep him back. Like, it's. Hmm. He arrived late because he was getting healthy to play in the first game. Yeah. By the way, he's been unfair for three games like and he was yeah. the best player. i don't get it the, yeah. what they want to add on to you uh add on to your take there caroline it's like alfonso's very proud to also be an edmontonian yeah i know it's not like he left edmonton and never wanted to come back never ditch it because there are people who live in the city who want to escape it who think they're it's a shithole but he comes back <laughs> and he loves coming back to edmonton he's proud to be an edmontonian he's proud to represent the city he's proud to represent the country well, and to, just before we keep going on this, but you mentioned just how proud he is to be an Edmontonian. Yeah. And you mentioned just how important he is in the community. I remember when he came here during the off season this season or this summer and had, it was at that burger joint and he stayed there for, I think it was three or four hours after he was supposed to leave to make sure that he met and signed every single piece of memorabilia that Edmontonians came and to, to meet him for that. He realizes his celebrity and he does not let that go to his head. I think no. it's a disgusting display of somebody trying to get clicks and trying to get their name out there when they're speaking on something they have zero idea about. Now the question may be pulled, People will say, well, how did this all spawn? Why was Alfonso Davies targeted? It's because he wasn't speaking to the media corpse after games. He was yeah. only speaking to like TSN and another side. He, he wouldn't speak. He wouldn't have a press conference, essentially. Yeah. So I, I, after he scored that goal for Canada, which would have been Sunday, right? Yeah. yeah. They didn't talk to the media or like in the press conference till Tuesday. That's kind of yeah. what trick it is. Like it was a historic moment in. Canadian soccer history, which is fair. I don't think that's like an unreasonable thing to, I guess, to talk to, but also that's probably not even on Davies. Maybe that's even more on like the CSA, the the media team. Yeah. And like, not to crap on them either. I think it's just one of those things, but like, you know what? Like I understand it was a disappointing loss for Canada. It knocked him out of the tournament. I'm sure Davies was emotional, especially after missing the penalty in the first game. And then to do that in the second one, maybe bring him out on Monday. 
like maybe bring him out a little sooner to do the interview, but I don't think that <laughs> I can't believe you even found 200 words to write about this damn thing. I mean, Never like, mind, like a full on article, however long it was. I'd even read this because I, I don't even have the time of day for this guy. What's his name? Chris Jones. The only Chris Jones I know <laughs> is the head coach and the general manager of our Edmonton Elks. Never won a game at Commonwealth Stadium as the Elks. Alfonso Davies has won more games at Commonwealth Stadium <laughs> in the last three years than the Edmonton Elks. <laughs> it's just interesting. Like, how could Alfonso Davies' journey to stardom be a problem? I can't yeah. believe it. You know what I think it is? Can I, you know what I think it is? I think it has to be. Sorry, yeah. Over here. Hi, guys. I think what it is, is I, f- I could imagine there's a sector of this population who feel let down that the star boy of this team was not able to propel the team to more. And now they have a vendetta against him because they thought he owed them something, which is complete lunacy. All right. What he owes everybody is absolutely nothing. He gave back tenfold what he has. And he's constantly represented this, this nation and put it on the map, to be honest, because how many Canadian champions leagues are there? Champions league winners are there? One. There's one. What's his name? Alfonso Davies. Alfonso Davies putting the only Canadian to hoist that Champions League trophy above his head. And now people want to go at him because he's the face of the program and they're disappointed that they didn't achieve more. I think that the hate is absolutely unfair but it comes from a place of ignorance not of actual hatred because if you actually knew what like what this program's about and what he's about it's impossible for you to reasonably tell me that you are angry that he wears earrings or shows up wearing jordans because the other thing with alfonso davies he put out a tweet why would he put out a tweet saying that he loves soccer and he's a referee because i'm sure he got a million people tell him that he's an effing you know what and he said hold on hold on okay let me defend myself here like alfonso davies at that point, ignorance can go so far. Like he, yeah. if he's written pieces about Canada in the past, which he said, he's not that ignorant to the magnitude of who and what Alfonso Davies, Davies is to Edmonton and Canada as a whole, to, yeah. to Bayern Munich, to a, right. a global footballer. Alfonso Davies can go anywhere in the world. And if there's a football fan in that airport or that mall, they're going to know who he is. Yeah, like you exactly. can't say that about Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews going somewhere right. random in the middle of Europe. So, no, I mean, exactly. I don't know. I'm not saying. No, I just mean, Alfonso, like I said, I think, I think he's either a hater or he's trying to appeal to that section of the population who will feel let down by Alfonso Davies as the face of the program and the program not having accomplished more at this World Cup. But the other thing, it re- as it relates to Davies not making himself available for media after that game, I don't think there's a person like a young player alive who controls their narrative better than Alfonso Davies. Like his internet presence is second to none for most players. Most players don't have their own YouTube channel, don't have their own TikToks that they're actually making content for. He does. His exposure is ridiculous. So I don't think he owes anybody anything to say, oh, Alfonso, you know, you scored today, but it wasn't enough. What can you do better next game? Because I don't know if you've seen a lot of the press conferences at this tournament. The journalists haven't been very nice a lot of the times. They're not saying you had a great performance today. Thank you for everything you've done. They're saying, you know, hey, so what's what's up with this? What are you doing here? What's going on with this? And I think that yeah. that that response is something that he maybe be growing tired of because unless he's talking to KJ, right? Unless he's talking to Christian Jack, somebody who he knows is going to respect him and ask a thoughtful, intelligent, and insightful question, he's like, "What am I going to just go justify myself saying, oh yeah, we weren't good enough to win today? Sorry." And then a, a headline's going to get spun. Alfonso Davies says teammates aren't good enough to play for this national team. Like it's so easy to draw these connections from. A, a quote out of context that I think he just honestly is like, no, oh, forget it, man. I'm not doing that. If you want to hear from me, I'm going to post my thoughts on my YouTube channel. Otherwise, I'll talk to a journal to a media member that I know that is not going to spin this into a narrative that is completely false. But I also think, from a media perspective, like everyone wants to talk to Alfonso Davies. Mm-hmm. He made a big moment. I think, I'm like I'm, I'm not crapping on Alfonso Davies, but. If Buchanan had scored that goal, he should have gone and spoke to the media too. Like it's a big moment. Yeah. And he, I think it's not his responsibility to talk to it, but I think it's, he is the face of this country right now. And those, that's who everyone wants to talk to. And, and I, I agree, Nathan, like media haven't been great at the World Cup, but also I think that's very expected for the for football and in, in all that kind of stuff. And mm. I don't know if 
you know, obviously disappointing for Davies the way the World Cup has gone, like I said, but I think it's important that he talks to the media and gives his thoughts because that's who everyone wants to hear from. They want to hear from Herdman and they want to hear from him. Which is fair, but then make the article about that. Yeah, I agree. I think what Jones did was wrong. Yeah. But I think a lot of other people probably would have had a a better spin on Davies' quotes if... He had spoken a lot sooner, but also Davies just posted a video of him walking into the stands to meet his family. So there you go. Talk about presence. Like, what are it? An hour after the game ends, a video on social media Um, saying, like, what he's doing, like, thanking Canada for representing. He's just kind of the person he is. Also, Roberto Martinez just got sacked from Belgium. Who would have thought that man from Wigan? Throw it in the ticker. Throw it in the ticker. Unbelievable. (laughs) I just want to mention one thing. It's like, and just to talk one more thing about this whole media thing. It's like Alfonso Davies doesn't really have control of where he goes after a game. He's, it's kind of like I agree with for, that. For yeah. a player, mm-hmm. you said, okay, go to the dressing room unless someone tells you, hey, Alfonso, you have a media availability. You have to go to that. He would have if he was told. Right. I agree. Nobody told him to go talk to the media corps. That's on CSA or that's on FIFA. That's on whoever controls the media mm-hmm. side of things. So uh, it's not like Alfonso Davies is thinking, oh, I'm going to go talk to the media now. I, yeah. Like, I, I, right. I, it's I, media I, obligations, I, right? You are you obligated to by contract. The yeah. You don't know what he was told. You don't know what yeah. he's going to do. We all know Alfonso's a nice guy. Like, you just don't know what happens, especially at those tournaments. And I think that that article was mind-blowing. And Sid Sixiero's yeah. reaction to it was... Amazing. If, if you guys haven't watched it, go watch it. Um, uh, you said an in- interesting point, Liam. Um, the international media only knows Alfonso Davies. They're not going out there and asking for a Milan Borean. They're not going asking for a Sam Adekubi, a, a Mark Anthony mm. K. They only know from Canada, Alfonso Davies and maybe Jonathan David, if they're mm. lucky. Like the only voice of this team is A, John Herdman and B, Alfonso Davies. So yes, that goal mm. was important, but a, he has to talk not only about his goal, but about the team to all of this international media who has no idea about where Ishmael Kone is from. Yeah. yeah. I used to do media work for a hockey team in Edmonton, and we had two players who were getting drafted. They weren't even the leading goal scorers on our team, and nobody wanted to talk to anybody but those two kids. They hated every second of it, every time I had to ask them. So I'm sure that's the same thing that Davies has to go through. But was I agree, like this yeah. isn't, on it's not Davis isn't the one standing there like oh I'm not doing it yeah like someone's telling him or not telling him to do something yeah. but yeah this guy's got us talking that's for sure <laughs> that is his yeah, I mean, conversation. If, yeah that was his job then he's definitely done it but I can't imagine that's gone over well for CBC and for even him Question like is him. that something that do you guys think that he'll be remembered for and that's next- that's the thing I wanted to mention as well I hate to to keep you know talking about something negative but it's like he says i care about 2026 well is anyone going to care about your work in 2026 got him do we want yeah. to talk about anything else guys i guess the only question i had was who is everyone's favorite player for canada like i've been trying to think about um, this i feel like there was a lot of bright spots like we had uh, the Stachion nutmeg on De Bruyne. I mm-hmm. thought he was liked- phenomenal in the first game. Obviously, Davies got his goal in the second game. And then in the third game, you know, things went better for Canada in the second half. This is the thing. It's easy to love Alfonso. So I always mm-hmm. like to give someone else a little bit of love. <laughs> Come on, Miller. I know he didn't have he didn't have a great tournament at times, but I love the passion he brought, the fire, especially in that Belgian game. I thought, like you said, he's great one on one. I think that goal that uh, Croatia scored in the second game, um, ah, where game that, was over. It could happen to yeah, anyone. Yeah, come on, have. Miller, you give you give my thumbs up. The was award. I would also go come on, Miller, because of him shoving Modric to the ground, love that an moment. absolute legend. Yeah. Of- Game. He yeah. stood over him, and while he was still on the ground, he goes, "Nah, bro." Woof. I loved it. Yeah, I love that. Caroline, I have. Can I give three for three different reasons? <laughs> sure. If Estaki played more, I think he would have been my my guy because I think he played incredibly well against Belgium, Agreed. and he was a difference maker. And I, I always pay attention to the midfield because I played there. Uh, but overall, I would say Davies because he scored that iconic goal. And I always think that this guy has such leadership qualities and he's the guy for Canada. But if I have a 
sleeper pick, it's Richie Larea. And I wish he had more time today against Morocco. He's just such a disruptor on the pitch. And like I've said many times before on kicked back that I've, from the second I saw him play at Toronto FC and I talked to Bill Manning about this uh, at Toronto FC, I said he was an unbelievable player and his story and his journey at as to like how he got to where he is, is awesome. If you guys don't know it, please go read about it. But he was just a really like exciting player for me to watch. And I think someone that should have had that penalty against Belgium. And that's what he's good at. He's good at being that disruptor on the pitch. And I just can't, I, I hope he continues to get that playing time for Canada and someone, I cause he got subbed on today. No, yeah, he's the guy that I think should have started, but I'm yeah. going to go, I want to say Ustakio too, but I spoke the nutmeg into existence. Jersey wall records will show that. I said Ustakio is going to make Kevin De Bruyne at the World Cup. And I can't believe that that happened. So that moment for me, like famous forever, memorable. Um, I'm going to go with, with Alistair Johnson. I think that Alistair Johnson is a perfect little microcosm of what the spirit of this team is. And I think he was able to put that on display at this tournament for large parts of it. He's like his work ethic is unquestioned. He earned a move to Celtic after one game and ultimately didn't have to be the most influential player to just show like, this is what Canada is all about. Same as, as Richie Laurea, to be honest, right? Like, it's just that I can't believe Johnson starts every minute of every game, every single time for now, what, 31 games in a row for Herdman? Like this dude is a workhorse, is an engine. And I love to see that his performances didn't go unnoticed. I'm going to give mine to Junior Hoyler. I thought he actually had a pretty good tournament. I think today he caps it off really well for Canada. Good build-up game against Japan too. My One of my other ones was Richie Larea. I thought that first game he was phenomenal. Blocked that shot too uh, in the second half, I think that was. So he's just kind of a workhorse. And I guess a shout-out to uh, Tiba Hutchinson too. Like that guy's Canada career's probably come to an end and it's yeah inches away from getting that goal as well, which would have been unreal to like end that career, but got his hundredth cap in the World Cup. Like been through everything with this country. What did they lose? Eight nil to Honduras or whatever it was. Like and that man is still around. Like what a legend. Mm. Like honestly, what an absolute legend to this team. So shout out to Atiba Hutchinson. He'll be on the coaching staff for twenty twenty six. Probably. That's oh, a yeah. good shout, Nathan. Come on, Brett. Who's yours? Did you Mine was Kamal Miller. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, for okay. shouting over Luka Modric. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Kamal Miller. Shout out all the boys. Shout out everyone Jim. who played Canada throughout the qualifying. Yeah. Like, such a long run um, for CONCACAF teams if you don't get start in that final group stage. Like, they were playing against, like, St. Kitts and all this stuff. And now we just went to the World Cup and narrowly lost to Belgium. Like, yeah. unreal. Like, what a crazy then, story. And just, yeah, like, Hats off. Let's go win the gold cup. Let's go get that one. Yeah, and I and think we'll win the world cup. Important to note that Canada does have a world cup in 2023 on the women's side of things. So yeah, yeah. I'm pumped for that. Yeah, we got to support our women still, regardless. I agree. I love that so, show. It was. Um, another thing, anything else to mention? Uh, should we just quickly get to some predictions? Yeah, let's do yeah, that let's quickly, do quickly so we can wrap this under 50 minutes. But yeah, yes, proud show. to be Canadian guys, regardless of the result. I think the picture will be much better in 2026 and lots to learn from, but still lots of firsts also accomplished. So, okay. I got cool bet load in here. So tomorrow we have South Korea, Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon, Brazil, which I think is going to be a good game. I want to know what are the odds looking like for Uruguay, Ghana, that rematch of 2010, that infamous match in 2010, when Luis Suarez broke the hearts of so many Ghana supporters. And said that he doesn't have support. to apologize. <laughs> Broke my heart. Yeah, massive guy again. I was. <laughs> I was. <laughs> he is still didn't make it. Awesome okay. So Ghana versus Uruguay. Ghana plus 395 to win. Draw plus 280. Uruguay to win minus 131. I'll pick Ghana. Me too. I, yeah. yeah. I'll go, I'll go Ghana. Me too. Yeah. Oh. I have not oh. liked Uruguay. <laughs> Uruguay Are you gonna explain why or just gonna say it? No, let's just quickly let's just rip it off. Through. Yeah. Right, uh, South Korea, Portugal. South Korea plus 330 to win. Draw plus 315. Portugal to win minus 125. I mean, South Korea hasn't been awesome. I will go Portugal. Yeah, we got him. We got him. We got him. We won him over finally, <laughs> Liam. Honest, you know, I'm, I'm vibing with Portugal this World Cup. I, I think they have a better chance if Ronaldo yeah. doesn't play, but oh my God. <laughs> I thought this is else the way you said it. I'll be honest after we all just picked Portugal <laughs> I think this could be a tie 
Ooh. Plus 315, chasing I the juice. I think this could be a draw. Ronaldo <laughs> to... Sorry, okay. Yeah, it's all oh, okay. Ronaldo to score in Portugal to win plus 230, by the way. Mm. Cameroon, Brazil. Brazil. I think this could be an upset. Really? I'm feeling an oh, upset. come on. Brazil. What was his dark horses? Cameroon, plus 750. Draw, plus 395. Brazil, heavy favorites at minus 244. I think Brazil. it's going to be a lot of goals in this one, to be honest. I could see Cameroon sneaking in a couple. I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. I, would, I just love these African teams right now. It's the first time since 1998 that an African team Top the group. I'm with Ooh, you. I'm today. with you, Liam. I'm feeling some type, something juicy. Maybe Brazil f- wins, but Cameroon's not going to be just I, run over. I think something to consider with Brazil already advancing. France did this yesterday. They rested ah. their entire team. Mm-hmm. It's a good point. Maybe, good result. maybe Anthony will actually do something. Oh. <laughs> this is triggering uh, Brett like no other. <laughs> yeah. So, what did you pick, Nathan, for that one? Uh, my favorites. I don't think Brazil can be beaten. I think even their C team, when their B team comes off the bench, that's half the Prem. And I think half the Prem can beat uh, Cameroon. So yeah, I Brazil. think Brazil hasn't been tested. I think that Bruno Guimarães hasn't had a chance to show what he's all about. And he's about to boss this whole World Cup. He's like, yeah, give me the minutes. Give me the rotation minutes. Him and Fabinho as the double pivot. They're conceding. He, he looked good in the game that he showed up in. I know who Chris Jones is betting for, and that will be certainly not Brazil. They have too many earrings on it. <laughs> Chris Jones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you I'm going Brazil though. I am going Brazil. Yeah, Brazil probably squeak it out. Not squeak it out. I mean, they could win by a landslide if they wanted to. But I just, for some reason, I have the same feeling like I did with Australia, Denmark. It has a little bit of like a spicy feel to it. So we'll see. Last one. Serbia, Switzerland for the battle for second, essentially. Serbia plus 163 to win. Draw plus 240 and Switzerland plus 182 to win. I think this will be the Yam Zama show. Oh, Zama. yeah, that's his season. Uh, Switzerland win 1 0. I'm going Serbia. Me too. Yeah, me too, Brett. Yeah, I think Serbia, the fact that they're at the bottom of the group right now, they need to win. I think they're going to figure it out tomorrow. I'm going to go Switzerland like 3 1. Three one. <laughs> oh, this this guy All right, those were our predictions powered by Coolbet for tomorrow. Let us know what you guys think. Let us know what you guys think about Canada versus Morocco, Canada and their World Cup performance, and then of course just everything else going on in the World Cup. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. This has been kicked back in collaboration with the boys from the Sunday League pundits and the Jersey Walls, Nathan Santos, and we'll see you next time, guys. mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market 